welcome to Coffee and Catholics, a Catholic women's talk show podcast. I'm Stacy, one of your hosts, and with me I have... Hi, I'm Alicia. And I'm Noelle. I'm Annie. And I'm Lauren. talking about what being a Catholic woman means to us and that's a lot of different things for us. Um, Some of us struggle with that question ourselves. Work versus stay at home, veil versus no veil, Latin mass versus non-Latin mass. There's a lot of ideas out there what the perfect Catholic woman is and really we only have one example and that would be Mary. Living our society today, what does it mean to be a Catholic woman? I really struggled with that question because I'm domestically challenged. Uh, We had a friendship with our pizza man, actually, and when we moved out of state and he saw that we were boxing up our house, he went back to the store and brought us free Cinestics because that's how often we ordered pizza at our house and how often I didn't cook and didn't clean and um, just really struggled with being stay-at-home mom and thinking like, well, Mary, Mary raised a child and she was modest. And that's really all I knew about our perfect role model, you know? Um, and it wasn't until probably just really recently where I realized like, you know, being a Catholic woman and being like Mary is not being Mary, but getting to know her and, you know, seeing how she is um, speaking in our lives and mothering us. And that's kind of how we turn and and mother other people. Um, But yeah, I'm not a a long skirt wearing, I don't wear the veil, I work, you know, I homeschool our kids. But it's, uh, it was really hard for me to, to just be at home in the church and and realize like what it looks like for me to be a Catholic woman is what God's calling me to be. Um, and that looks different for each of us. So I don't know if anybody has a, uh, as the same kind of struggle, but I'd love to hear it if you, if you're on the struggle bus <laughs> all, all the time. I worked full time while raising kids and I've stayed home. There are always pros and cons to both of them, but we always think, that one is going to be better than the other. But the truth is they both have their struggles and they both have their crosses and they can both be good. I think we sometimes focus so much on having to be a certain way that we don't consider the fact that we can do both. And different seasons in our families can call for different situations. And what's good for our family may not be good for another family. And just knowing that we're valued. You know, Pope John Paul II talked about how every woman, whether she's a mother or not, has within her the capacity for another. And how do we live that out? Some of us live that out as mothers. Some of us live that out as, you know, just single women nurturing other people. I think that's great. Uh, Noah, I love what you just said. I think that that is truly the definition of a Catholic woman, it isn't these externals that mark the details of our life as much as it is the capacity that we have to nurture other people within us. And St. Edith Stein said that really well. She said, um, a woman's soul is made to be a place where other souls can unfold Mm -hmm. and find shelter. And I think that being a Catholic woman is really just being a woman Mm -hmm. who is in love with our Lord and who is always wanting to say yes to him whether that's yes to work when she doesn't want to work, whether it's yes to home when she doesn't want to be at home, whether it's yes to more children, even sometimes yes to not more children, 
I think it's that openness. It's a space inside of us that makes us dynamically and individually Catholic. For sure. I really struggled with this um, at the beginning of our marriage because there were so many people who would just remind me that as, you know, Catholic and woman, I should be making babies. And my body wasn't able to. It was really hard to have, you know, to have that idea that am I really living up to being what it means to be a Catholic woman? We're trying, we'd like kids, but that's, you know, we had to look at that option of what if that wasn't what God had in store for us. You know, we were, you know, always open. And I know now that it's not about always being able to raise children, to have children, but it's about, you know, be the openness to life in that what that God created women uniquely and that we can carry life within us. But that no, that's not necessarily what it is to be a woman. Um, and that the motherhood and that we share with, like, through our through our femininity, it's not necessarily uh, procreative. So that was what I really, you know, had had struggled with. And for me, growing up, like I always knew I would be a mother, or that I wanted to be a mother, and like that felt like it was part of my identity. And then to have these years that we were not capable, especially marrying into a family that was quite large um, and very fertile, and then going to parishes where there were lots of crying babies and then also having um my infertility issues that caused my stomach to kind of look pregnant and so I get asked if I'm pregnant and have to explain no I'm just fat (laughs) (laughs) saying you know that or informing I did inform you know would inform that you know know that I just was uh, I had condition that I wasn't able to get pregnant, but I looked it. So thanks for that. Um, Mm -hmm. But just really connecting with what it meant to be a woman during that period helped me to have a better understanding. I really struggled with this question, too, um, because I I was kind of thinking like at the externalities as well. And so like, you know, you know, looking like a woman or acting like a woman or whatever else and quickly realized that's not really womanhood because everybody's different. Like you guys were talking about, like some women, um, you know, display more external femininity than others. And, you know, but we're all women. It got me thinking about like when I first became Catholic and what was perceived of me prior to becoming a Catholic woman and, you know, what what I what I was perceived to be once I became a Catholic woman. So prior to being um, Catholic, I was seen as like this independent woman who could stand on my own two feet and I provided for myself and all of that. But then once I became Catholic, like the people around me who weren't Catholic, they, they kind of saw me, especially as a married Catholic woman, they saw me as somebody who really like voluntarily subjected myself to kind of like this oppressive role that I was under my husband's thumb and under the Catholic Church's thumb, um, that I was submissive and all of this. And what they didn't realize was that, no, like I really felt like empowered as a woman because... Like if that's your vocation. Yeah. You know, that's what you're called to do. That is where you're going to find your empowerment. 
Exactly. Yeah. Cause I think that's what it is. And I kind of, kind of, you know, thinking about all of this, I kind of thought, you know, it really does come to like, you know, your internal relationship with God again, like you were talking about. And I kind of also still struggled though with like, you know, well, what's the difference between men and women in that regard? Because we're all called to talk to God and be with God and be in communion with him and, you know, develop that relationship with him. But I think like you're talking about um, Lauren, you were just saying, you know, it's about being a woman and being Catholic and going that route. And I think that generally women tend to be because we have the capacity for life within us. Not, again, not everybody has the ability to do that, but still like, I can't remember which one of you said some, was it you that said Pope? John yep, Paul. John Paul II said every woman has within her the capacity for another, whether she's a mother or yes. not. Yeah, exactly. And so it's just kind of like men kind of take more of, um, you know, kind of a leadership role, I think, in terms of hierarchical position in the church. Mm-hmm. But women still have, like our role is still, no, regardless of whether or not you're married, you're single, whether or not you are a nun or a sister, we still have the leadership role. Mm-hmm. But and it's still just as important. It's just as powerful. It's just as necessary. It's just different than what men are. And I think it's a beautiful thing because, I mean, we are, I think we are, especially like, you know, looking at our Blessed Mother, we're called to just a more gentle role. It's, it's maybe a little bit more subtle, but it's, it's still so just as important, I think. Well, if you think, too, like all of us, every person in humanity from the moment of their conception is entrusted to a woman. You know, mm-hmm. and in that care, and when we think too of the church, like the church is considered the bride of Christ. It is our mother church. And so from the moment of our conception, you know, just to be entrusted that God gave us this mother, his mother, you know, the church, our mother church to be, um, you know, nurtured and brought up and grown in that. I think that that's, it's, it's very much to be a Catholic woman is very much a development of your internal life. And mm-hmm. I feel like then, then it starts to show itself externally, like, and, and that was a, a long process for me because I thought as soon as I was a mom, I would want to do crafts with my kids. I hate crafts. Like I would want to do all the baking and I hate baking. And actually one time my mom was a professional cake decorator and I tried to make my kids a cake and I made a butterfly cake for one of my daughters. And apparently it looked like something offensive and I was getting messages like, <laughs> why did you make this um, quasi-erotic cake? And I was like, it's a butterfly. And I, was, I had to take it down. Um, and I quickly gave up. Like, it's, it's not about uh, those, you know, you, you pull on those external pressures on yourself instead of following your own internal journey and path where the Lord is calling you to exemplify his holiness and his, you know, nurturing to the people around you. It's, it's, we have it backwards sometimes, I think, looking outward, oh, I should be this way versus let me pray, you know, what's God calling me to do? And then it starts to show itself in external ways, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think Annie too, you made a really important point. I think uh, when and being frustrated and what you believed a woman was supposed to be or what Catholic women are, you know, this uh, thing that we carry about being procreative, you know, the, the boundless procreators that we're known to be. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's a huge stereotype. But um, I think that femininity is most shown, womanhood is most shown when it is frustrated. And I think that reveals the expansiveness of a woman's soul, right? Because if you look at little girls... From the time they grow up, they're mothering. 
they're mothering their baby dolls or they're mothering their siblings or they're mothering their friends when they're hurting. If you look at women's groups, everywhere you find women, you find them lifting each other up. Now, we're really good at tearing each other down, too. <laughs> but at her best, she's expanding. She's moving out, always moving out. Her soul is getting bigger and bigger. And that's really what was happening when the Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary. He was really expanding herself to carry the very gift of God, her internal self. So I think Noel's really right that it is more internal than any external. And it's so easy to see that when you see those externals frustrated, like in your situation where I am a woman, you know, this, I am deeply woman in my very soul. And it's a very important conversation we need to have right now about how we are women in our souls, not just in our bodies. And to have that frustrated just reveals even more about the mysterious nature of womanhood. I don't know if that's clear. In my head it is, but it might not be coming yeah. out Well, I was thinking, it even start, it's not about the external. You know, mm-hmm. being a woman isn't about, you know, what man's going to take care of you and how many kids you're going to have. Or it's, a, it's more than that. Yeah. And can we talk really quick about submissiveness in marriage? Mm-hmm. Because... Yes. Um, so David and I, my David's my husband, we struggled with this a little bit, like this power struggle in our marriage. And he told me, because we met on a Catholic dating website, he told me when he saw that I said I was independent, that that was like a trigger word <laughs> for him. Like, what does that mean, independent? But we had to kind of discern, okay, the submissiveness you know, he would try to, to take over some of the stuff that I had regular routine in the house because like, well, he felt like he's supposed to do that because he's the man and he's supposed to be in charge of, of like the bills and stuff like that. But I was just better at it. And so <laughs> trying to like, and I don't mean that to insult him. I just mean like there are things that he's good at and there are things that I'm good mm-hmm. at. And yeah. you can acknowledge each other's gifts and make the best use of each other's gifts. But I tell you where I, where I really know in my heart and soul that I am... Um, submissive is to the grace of his vocation to lead our family. Mm -hmm. The grace to make those decisions. Like, I know he's praying, and even if there are men that are not uh, maybe more regular prayers or or the spiritual head, they're still given that grace through the sacrament to Mm -hmm. have uh, some discernment and some sense about you know, the family, the direction of the family and things like that. And that's where we realized, again, it's not about the external, like, oh, he's doing, he's, I installed the toilet, you know, like he doesn't do those things. He'll break a nail. He plays guitar. He needs his nails. Um, so <laughs> being able to like, like, <laughs> um, have him, you know, I do the house repair or whatever, and he takes care of his nails. Um, but he still, he has that, um, that grace. And I, as his wife, I listen to that. And that's that submissiveness, not like, oh, honey, I'll, I'll just wash your feet every day or whatever. It's not like that. And, and I think sometimes a lot of feminist theology and, and movement has moved us towards seeing it at marriage as like chains, yeah. you know, in that relationship, there's a power struggle. So um, there was a book going around when I was younger, the, the Catholic moms were reading that basically said, that even if your husband runs over your kid in the driveway, you should go comfort your husband first. What? It's like, nope. that's some, that's not submissive. That's subservient. That's child <laughs> neglect. <laughs> yeah, so I think there's a balance, but, but just keep in mind the grace of the sacrament. Mm-hmm. I like um, looking at the word submission as the submission, being under the same mission. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. 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 Mm-hmm. Nice. And when we um, when we see that, even for those of us who are, you know, for those who are married, 
when we look at the church being the bride of Christ, we're being submissive to Christ being under that same mission. And the goal should always be heaven. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, because when you look at the Bible verse, um, somewhere in the Bible. I'm not good at chapter and verse Ephesians. and book. But, are you talking about the wives be submissive? Yes, wives Ephesians, be submissive your, uh, to, uh, um, to your husbands and husbands love your wives as Christ loves the church. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't remember who I listened to who's talked about this, but I thought it was beautiful. They were talking about, you know, what submissive is, you know, being under the same mission as your husband. And really out of those two things, they were talking about, and I agree, that the husband really has the harder of the two jobs because he is to love, we are to be submissive. So we are to, you know, um, you know, kind of encourage him and help him with that mission of leading his family to the church. He is that, you know, that kind of like head of the family to lead, lead him there. But he has to love us like Christ loved the church. So he has to, if necessary, literally lay down his life. Mm. And if not necessary, I mean, lay down everything that he may, some things or at least that he may want or mm. thinks that he needs if it's not going to lead us and our children to God. Mm. And so to me, that's, that's much more intense. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, for me, for my job to be to encourage him in leading our family, to encourage him in his own faith, nourish my own faith, and nourish my children's as well. Like, it's just, it's a communal relationship there. It's not, and again, it's it's not like he has the most important job. We both have, like, both of our jobs are, I think, equally important, but they're just two different roles, and I think that's totally fine, and I think in our society today, they people think that if you don't, if you have inequality of roles, that means inequality of importance, and I don't think that's the case. Well, I like that you brought that up about you know laying down his life like Christ laid down for the church, because I think that kind of brings us back almost full circle to the beginning of our conversation, because who was there with Jesus all the way up to Calvary? Mm-hmm. His mother Mary, and whether we are married, whether we are single, whether we are religious. To be a woman in the Catholic Church is to walk with Christ and help and pray for him as he's carrying his cross as he lays down his life for us. And whether that's our, you know, for the church, being a spiritual mother to somebody, for our husbands, we are to have that capacity inside of us to care for others and to pray for others and to help them bear their crosses. Like Lauren said, sometimes it's really easy for us to tear each other down, but to be a woman is to actually build each other up, whatever that may be. Yeah, I think that's so beautiful. And what tying in what Annie said with what Stacy said, that the most important part of Mary's work was that being in that united in that submission to the will of the Father, you mm-hmm. know, right to her and Jesus from the moment of his conception and before, you know, with the Lord. Um, Mary was very much in tune with the will of God very much wanting what the will of God above all things. And with, when her son came, she was with him always. And I think that is the definition of motherhood, is when we stand at the foot of the crosses of the people in our lives with them, whether that's our husband, if they have giant crosses, our own crosses, the crosses our children go through, that they would always find us right there with them instead of mm-hmm. shrinking away or pushing away or... That is what it means to, I mean, I think we have come full circle here. That is what it means to be a woman is 
to be at the foot of the cross always, present mm-hmm. to the person who's dealing with that cross, present to the will of God, open, waiting for what he wants, and really like the submission, the two under one mission. I think in our marriage, and that's when things got easier for us, we struggled, still struggle. Two very hot, fiery personalities. <laughs> I have an opinion about everything from the shoelaces to what's happening on the news. And it's ready. It's at the ready. And so does he. So it makes for interesting conversations. But we struggled from our wounding of being able to approach each other in our wounds. He was afraid of my wounds. I was afraid of his wounds. And I couldn't trust him or he couldn't trust me in this. And, and, but it really never, it didn't change until we both looked at each other in a really desperate part in our marriage and said, I laid on my life. I, I laid on my life. I, I'm not going. He, and he said, I'm not going. And at that point, everything became so much sweeter. And it wasn't without struggle. It's still not without struggle. But the mission was clear at that point. And then from then on, you, you're locked in step, and you're even if you argue a little bit or you fuss with that mission stands open before you. We go to heaven together, and we take our family with us mm-hmm. for generations. You know, Isaiah twenty six yeah. eight. So I, I just think that's so glad that you said that. That was just my favorite thing to talk about. So yeah, well, see, and I think too, like I'm, this is a little side note, I guess, but going from something really, really beautiful to I'm gonna bring it down. But, uh, <laughs> Bring it down, Alicia. Sorry. Take yeah, it back sorry, into the end credit. <laughs> but, um, you know, like talking about Mary and her role, and it was such a beautiful role. And she played it, of course, perfectly because she's Mary. But then, you know, I look at my life, and I'm sure everybody, every other woman in the world does too. And, you know, we're not perfect like Mary was. Okay, so like you were talking about, Lauren, how, you know, we're called like Mary to be at the foot of the cross of, of everybody's crosses that are around us that we care about and we encounter. And, you know, when I'm around my kids, it's kind of hard sometimes to relate to Mary in that regard because I'm frustrated and I'm upset. And rather than being there at the foot of their cross Mm -hmm. and as they're having their five-year-old and three-year-old and one-year-old tantrums, Mm -hmm. and I'm thinking about me and how this is interrupting my day and I need to get this stuff done. But in reality, like if I just take a step back, take a breath and realize that, you know, they need me in this moment to guide them to Christ. Mm -hmm. And it's so hard to remember that sometimes, Mm -hmm. oftentimes, Mm -hmm. but I think that's so necessary. And I think that's a great, what you said was a great reminder just in those moments, try to remind myself to, again, like take a step back, stop for a second, take a breath so I can get oxygen back to the brain. Mm -hmm. I'm actually thinking properly. And just to remember that image of Mary being there at the foot of the cross, and that's what we're called to be as women, not even just for our children, but you said for our husbands and um, even for women who aren't married or don't have children, for, you know, their family members or their friends when, you know, things happen and you get mad because even if you're rightly upset about something that they did, take a breath, have mercy, have forgiveness, and go from there and act out of love. I'm glad that you brought that up also because I think – just being a woman, not even a Catholic woman, you know, when you say, oh, we are, we're called to do this, and that sounds so overwhelming. Oh, we're supposed to take care of everybody. Into this whole, well, we also, you can't give from an empty cup. So we also have to take care of ourselves. And there's a fine line because then we feel selfish when we think about ourselves. And I think we need to stop beating ourselves up for thinking about ourselves because we do need to take care of ourselves. But there is a fine line on you know, me, 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 
and taking care of yourself. Does that make any sense? Like, you know, there's the, well, I want this or I'm not going to do this because it's not what I want. And I need to take a break right now. Mm -hmm. There's a difference between a need and a want. And I think as women, sometimes, you know, we beat ourselves up because we feel selfish when we need to take a step Mm -hmm. back. We need to take a breath. Yeah, we have to walk away for a little bit. Um, Or we need to go have coffee with a friend. Or we need to rejuvenate. And I think that we should be allowed to rejuvenate without feeling guilty. But we also need to make sure that it's not... We're doing it because of a selfishness that we have. It doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. I think as women, we can also go, Oh, so-and-so did this and -and so-and-so did that. Like Again, there's the breaking down, you know... You know, oh, she must be a bad mom because she yelled at her kids. You know, okay, I think we've all yelled at our kids once in a while. So or I daily. There's the, there's the self-guilt Never. that goes with it. And so, again, like Lauren said earlier, we're really good at tearing each other down. But when we look at what it means to be a woman of faith, our job, regardless of whether you're a mother or not a mother, you know, work outside of the home or work inside of the home, our job is to show charity and love. Our job is to love. And even to ourselves. Yeah, and that includes I, ourselves. There's a few things that I reject in prayer, a few lies that seep into my mm-hmm. mindset. And one was like, in the name of Jesus, I reject the lie that I can't take a break. In the name of Jesus, I reject the lie that everything's going to fall apart if I need to go for a walk, you know, or in the name of Jesus, I reject the lie that people are looking at me and judging my motherhood abilities. Mm -hmm. Um, Because frankly, if they are, they're going to be sadly disappointed. There's not a lot to judge. (laughs) Um, But no, but just like this, just in the name of Jesus, just rejecting those lies that seep into us and start to define how we view ourselves and how we view our our ability to be a mother. God gives us the grace to be mothers. God gives us the grace to be women, to be wives, to be girlfriends, to be whatever it is. If we walk with him, we'll have what we need. We don't have to look for it in blogs and, um, you know. Podcasts. <laughs> Podcasts. <laughs> Except this one. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love that because I think we get into a performative spirituality and we're quite arrogant. And I'm going to be totally transparent right now. Because of my past and my wounds, I tend to think that if I screw this up, my kids are going to be screwed up. Mm -hmm. And I reject that lie in the name Mm -hmm. of Jesus because it is not my job to handle every single... It is not my job to be perfect, by the way. It is not my job to fix myself. That job belongs solely to the Lord. I am to show up, be present, and to let him move. But my kids are going to have wounds. I'm going to wound them. Y'all don't know how hard it is for me to say that. Like, I'm going, this is a new thing for me. <laughs> it, it hurts to hear because I yeah. know it's true. When I'm, I'm going to yeah. wound my kids. Mm-hmm. I'm going to disappoint them. But that's not going to stop the move of God in their life because they've been given a place where it's yes. The house says yes to the Lord. That's yeah. the difference right there. I don't have to do this on my own. The Holy Spirit has a role to play here, the bigger role here of sanctifying me, of sanctifying them of sanctifying our whole house and so i think we we have to reject that that Mm -hmm. performative like everything depends on us yeah so to kind of wrap things up a little bit maybe that's our job mary the perfect catholic woman it all started with a yes we have to say yes to god 
not yes to society, not yes to the other things that are out in the world. We just have to say yes to God and everything will come together. Thank you, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for our first episode of Coffee and Catholics. We really appreciate your support and all your prayers. Please join us again in two weeks when we share our stories and struggles of finding other women to share our faith and fellowship with. Until then, may God bless you and may Mary accompany you.